0: Hello, beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome back. It has been a minute, but we are back. This is still season two, episode seven of the Secrets of a Conflict Coach podcast. As always, I'm Hannah, your conflict coach. Let me tell y'all, it has been a week. Actually, it's been a big couple of weeks. There's been a lot going on, a lot to celebrate, also a lot to think about. I tried to record this last week and so much going on, I felt like I couldn't focus and I couldn't get my words to come together like I felt like they should. You know, sometimes you're just off for what seems like no reason. Well, this past week reminded me that sometimes the reason is that you just need a break. (laughs) And you can take a break by just focusing more on the things that bring you joy and less on the things that bring you stress. Or by just checking off some of the things that have been on your mental agenda for a long time. And you can do these things with other people. Over the course of the past couple of weeks, my husband and I have really tidied up our house, gotten through our dishes, caught up on laundry. We've been able to take our dogs out on walks and take them to dog parks, get our yard cleaned up and our garage cleaned out. We really kind of get our life together after having to neglect it for a little bit just because life happens. We even got some toilets and sinks replaced that we've been wanting to replace for a while. And I got my business, my company, officially established in the state of Arkansas. I got my letter of good standing and everything. So that was super exciting and something I've been looking forward to and wanting to do for a while now. But... All that to say, even though there were still things I wanted to be doing, I wanted to get done, like this episode, I really just needed to take some time and declutter, declutter my life, my environment, and my mind, really get my ideas and my thoughts in order. I had been going and going for a while with a sort of tunnel vision on my day-to-day to-do list, just everything I had going on, and the more big picture things started to catch up to me a little bit. It was pretty clear that I needed to step back and take a break for a few days. So consider this your official reminder that regardless of all the reasons you can think of not to take a break, you might still need one. And that's okay. It's actually normal. Not only that, it's a good thing to be able to listen to your body's signals. Because if you can navigate that, you can really start putting your best self forward consistently and intentionally by honoring what your body and your mind need from you in every moment. So, take a break. You can't put your best self forward if you're running on empty. Seriously. And in the spirit of pausing for the sake of progress, I nixed my original idea for this episode and decided that it is actually going to be about conflict roadblocks. Don't worry, you're still going to get my originally planned content, just not today. But anyway, facing roadblocks in life is pretty normal. Facing roadblocks in conflict is almost inevitable. The nature of conflict is that there are two or more opposing parties in any given situation. Keyword, opposing. Of course, there's going to be some roadblocks along the course of the conflict resolution process. But the most common roadblock to conflict is actually just fear of uncertainty, conflict anxiety, and specifically what I like to call confrontation paralysis. More often than not, the reason that a conflict isn't moving forward through the resolution process Uh. is because the people involved are thinking, I don't know what to say. And I call this confrontation paralysis because... What we really mean when we say, I don't know what to say to them is that we don't know how to express our feelings about the situation without making it worse. We don't know what words to use to guarantee that it won't escalate the conflict beyond what we feel like we can control or beyond what we feel like the relationship can handle. In fact, we might even have things that we want to say or need to say that we know for a fact will escalate the conflict if we say them the way we think them. This makes us feel literally stuck because we don't feel like there is a productive route forward where you can resolve the problem and still feel heard and get an emotional release and still maintain the relationship. We fear the confrontation of a problem because we feel like relationship damage is an inevitable part of conflict and confrontation. And it doesn't have to be because here's the deal. It's not about avoiding confrontation. The nature of conflict is that sometimes it has to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a conflict. It would just be a situation or just a conversation. If you can get through relationship misalignments with just a conversation, that's amazing. But it's usually not the case. That's why it's not about avoiding confrontation. It's about making these conflict conversations intentional and being confident in the way that you're expressing yourself, reducing the role that emotional reactions play in the dialogue. And as we've discussed at length at this point, we can't control how other people react we can't control where they're at or how intentional they are or aren't. And we can't control what they say or how they say it. But we can have grace in knowing that everyone's personal journey is unique. And remember that the only thing we can absolutely control is what we bring to the conversation, what we bring to the relationship, and what we bring to the conflict resolution process. And my number one tip, my number one piece of advice for people wondering where to start with a conflict conversation is to stop getting so caught up on what we think we're supposed to say that you don't even think about what you actually have to say. If you know what to say to your mom or your best friend or your random coworker about the situation that they're not involved in, then you know what to say to the people who are involved about it. You just may not know how to shift to neutral language. Most conflicts take place in negative language. And when people try to bring positive language into a conflict, it typically comes off as sarcastic or condescending or inauthentic. And that makes sense because it's not real to be positive in a highly emotional state when those emotions are negative. We've been so conditioned over the course of our lives to express ourselves in either positive or negative language so that the people around us can understand how we feel that we forget that neutral language exists. So sometimes we quite literally have to work backwards. My recommendation is to start with what you would say if you knew they'd take it well no matter what if relationship damage wasn't a factor. Even if it's a little mean, even if it's emotionally reactive or emotionally loaded, don't say it to them or anyone. Just say it in the mirror, say it to yourself. Make it weird, it's gonna be uncomfortable, so you might as well practice in that discomfort. But even if you really don't feel like that's something you can do, just open the notes app on your phone. Start typing what you would say if you were to text them exactly how you feel. Don't send it. Don't even type it in the messages app just in case you accidentally send it. Or if you prefer, use a pen and paper. Journaling is one of the top recommended emotional regulation techniques for a reason. It really does help your brain organize your emotions to write them down. But regardless of how you do it, the first step should be finding a way to express the unfiltered version of what you feel in a safe way, in a safe place that doesn't cause any relational harm. Because once you get that initial starting point, two things happen. One, You can work through it as many times as you need to, making adjustments to the parts that have emotionally loaded language or lightly veiled insults or exaggerations until you feel confident and comfortable expressing your thoughts and feelings in a way that's productive and intentional. And two... As you work through the best way to express yourself like this, it provides a lot of that emotional release that you're actually needing. And that allows your brain to think past the emotion and let logic and relational thinking kick back in, which is absolutely necessary for productive conflict resolution. The catch then is that if the others involved aren't emotionally ready or aren't able to have a rational, neutral conversation, then regardless of how well you approach the confrontation, they may still receive it poorly. So what happens then when it's looking like there is no good resolution or no closure? Maybe they're unwilling to have a conversation or unwilling to address any pressing feelings you have. Or maybe there are just other fears you have or risks that you assume are associated with bringing up issues in the relationship. So how you move forward from there depends on the answer to one question. Is the relationship already damaged? Sometimes the answer really is no. There's no damage yet. Maybe they just don't feel like a conversation needs to be had, but we're still feeling unsure and uncertain about where the relationship stands because things are being left undiscussed. It's really easy to make a habit of not talking about things with someone we know really, really well. In these healthier relationships, there may be a lot of smaller conflicts or even almost conflicts that don't need to be a conversation. Everyone is typically on the same page or at least close to it. Enclosure is understood. Everyone can move forward without letting those little conflicts damage the relationship. Intentions are trusted. Benefit of the doubt is given readily. But this can only truly be the case in relationships where those hard conversations have been had in the past, and a baseline understanding of the terms of the relationship have been established. Relationships with Not necessarily a long history, but at least a history of other conflict and effective resolution to those conflicts. And when that's the case, you have to be willing to recognize when it's time for another touch-based conversation. You'll never get to a point in a relationship where you don't have to talk about things at all anymore. So when you're in a conflict, big or small, with someone, even in a tenured or a healthy relationship, you're left thinking i have no idea what they're feeling i don't know if we're cool i can't read them right now or this whole thing doesn't make any sense to me then know that you probably are slightly misaligned and at some point for the sake of the relationship a real honest vulnerable respectful conversation will have to be had to realign you but that's okay and ideally, that would even be a regular part of your relationship, just to check in and keep the relationship healthy as everyone changes and evolves. That's how you keep your answer, no, it's not damaged yet. Usually, though, if you're at a stonewall in your conflict resolution process, it's likely because there is relationship damage. So what if the answer is, yes, it's damaged? I mean, as much as I would love to give you a one-size-fits-all conversation template without a coaching session, one-on-one conversation, without me having an understanding of the intricacies of your situation, the only thing I can tell you is that you cannot and will not repair relationship damage without addressing the damage directly. You have to talk about what happened why it happened, how it made you feel, and how that affected your behavior. But even more so, you have to be willing to truly listen to them tell you the same thing from their perspective, how they experienced it. So if the roadblock is that they're unwilling to confront the problem with you, or they insist on confronting you instead of the problem... That's the kind of situation that created the industry of conflict coaching. But every single person is extremely unique and every single relationship or group of people is exponentially more unique because it's a special mix of all kinds of intricate design mingling together in a society created by other unique humans in unique mixtures. Professionals have been studying relationships as far back as we can see, and sometimes there's not an everyone-wins solution to a conflict or even a perfectly executed repair to a damaged relationship. That's when we have to turn inward and decide what we need to do to move forward, decide what we have control over, decide what power we have in the situation and What are actions we can actively take and what are things we need to let go of? And that's where I come in. So the final tip I'll leave you with is this. Your resolution conversations, these conflict conversations, should always end with an agreed-upon way to prevent similar conflicts in the future. Sometimes that agreed-upon way might be never speaking to each other again, but sometimes that agreed-upon way might just be you both or all coming to an understanding of the way your actions are impacting each other and making a conscious effort to prevent that in the future. This was episode 7 of season 2 of the Secrets of a Conflict Coach podcast. I wish you beautiful humans a beautiful week, And I will see you next week. As always, I'm Hannah, your conflict coach. Bye. I always love hearing your questions and feedback and responding to y'all. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. My email address is yourconflictcoach with two H's at gmail.com. And my socials are on my link tree, which should be linked in the description, no matter where you're listening. I love you all. Thank you.